Hey guys, this is Justin Ledford and welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Paul Windemuller, and we will be discussing how you can become wealthy through your construction business. If you're a contractor and or an investor, you're going to want to hear these investing strategies and the tactics that we talk about. This class is brought to you by federalconstructionuniversity.com. This is our course for contractors and entrepreneurs teaching you exactly how to build wealth by completing highly profitable federal contracts all over America or even in your backyard without having any experience. You'll be given unlimited access to all my program series, my high-end mastermind calls, and classes and techniques that I've personally invested over $100,000 in. If you're a fan of completing highly profitable construction jobs, then you're truly going to enjoy my program where I teach you how to find deals, how to bid them correctly, and how to get paid quickly by the government. If you're interested in going through a six-day free training, I'll drop that link down below. And on top of that, I have a brand new book called Federal Construction Contracts Simplified. It's 90% off right now because I'm trying a crazy marketing experiment. Also, remember to hit that subscribe button. Now, let's dive into our interview with our guest. Here we go. Welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real construction owners doing big things to help you go from being a stressed out operator to a thriving business owner. Today, we have a very special guest, Paul Windemuller out of Wisconsin? Western Michigan. Western Michigan. And he is a general contractor by trait. He also has a consulting business called Open Sky Agribusiness, where they design large-scale agricultural projects. And today you're going to learn about how he used value adds on land to increase his net worth. You're going to learn about the, the value, how important it is to have good quality subs working with you. And we're going to tell you some interesting stories about how he created equity using his construction background. So if you're a contractor wanting to become more wealthy and learn better processes, then pay close attention. What's up, Paul? How you doing today, bro? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Justin. Hey, man. Any Go brother, Go Abundance brother who's doing big things is welcome on my podcast. That's how we know each other, correct? Yep. Absolutely. And Paul, before we dive into the goods, tell us your story. Like, Walk us down the history of what got you here today, what you're doing, and, and why did you decide to go that route? Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, at my dad's farm equipment dealership. That was kind of uh, my early start in life around business. And uh agriculture. And through my whole life, I've just been really passionate about agriculture. And that's what uh, kind of led me into where I am today. Right now, I'm a, a farm owner, a dairy farm owner, as well as uh, owning the consulting business. And um, it uh, it's always been a passion of mine. And um, through that uh, journey, I've done a lot with uh, construction and agriculture and specifically in the dairy industry. I love that. And so you you just been in the game for such a long time that it you just it was it made sense to have parallel things. Be a farmer number 1 but also help uh businesses to develop their plan and and build their projects out since you've already done it yourself. Right. Exactly. Okay. And what tell us like break down your farm, break down what do y'all do, like how much land, what do y'all produce, what kind of revenues? Uh paint a picture for our audience who's like, "Man, I I make good money and, you know, one day I want to start a farm because that's a that's a dream for a lot of people. Like I want to become self-sufficient." And it sounds like you 
have a taste of that if not if you're not already living that. Right. So um, we started our farm eight and a half years ago with 30 cows. It's We're specifically producing uh, dairy, also a little bit of beef, but mainly dairy is our, our main product. And um, we've currently milked 250 cows in a state-of-the-art um, robotic facility, milking facility. And um, we've got one full-time uh, labor, uh, including myself here at the farm, doing more of the overseeing and management. And um, yeah, just a great place to raise our kids. Um, and uh, we're doing about this past year, we did about $1.8 million in, in revenue, um, which for one, basically one full-time person, it's not too bad. And um, we've uh, we kind of capped out with our land base and uh, current facilities that we have at this size. And that's when we did that back in 2018. Uh, then I was, at that point, we had the farm running smooth. I wanted to uh, do something that I could not just impact my own personal wealth and own farm, but help others uh, to to grow their businesses from what I had learned uh, going through the the farm expansion projects that I had. So, yeah. and and from there, you you have an interesting story about how this all got started. How you had this idea, and then you created equity out of out of nothing. Can you share with our audience that? Yeah. Well. Even before, uh, before that, right when my wife and I first bought the property that we're on today, it was an old dairy farm that had been uh, decommissioned. And we basically just bought it for the house with the, the hope of having a farm on it someday. But it did have some viable buildings on it and, and uh, had some pasture that was already in place. And um, I like to say I was the, uh, the first farm hacker. Uh, I'm sure some of your listeners probably heard of house hacking. Um, as soon as my wife and I moved in here to our farm, Within the first month, we had uh, three of the buildings rented. We had the pasture rented, and we were raising some calves of our own uh, to produce some other revenue. And um, that is uh, that's kind of how we got started. And we had our property tax, insurance, and mortgage covered within the first month uh, off of doing that. So that was kind of the base that got us to be able to um, look at okay, what what can we do next with this facility and this property to make it a viable farm. Um, so moving forward after we got started, um, we were milking 80 cows and I, in an older barn and I wanted to build a really nice new, uh, freestall barn facility for the cows to house them in. And, um, I got a quote to do, uh, the excavation work for that and putting a new manure pit in and everything. And, um, so I, I knew I wasn't going to have the money, um, to do the whole project that I wanted to do. And I, I uh, wanted to be able to create some equity. So I ended up calling up a, a uh, construction equipment rental business and asking them if I said, hey, I'm a farmer, I know how to drive anything. I need to rent a bulldozer and an excavator for a weekend. <laughs> and um, had some friends uh, over and we just kind of made a long weekend out of uh, doing all the excavation work for it. and. Um, uh, I think I had uh, $3,000 into the fuel and the, the equipment rental, and um, and that was a little over $35,000 in excavation work that we did over that weekend. So that was a real quick way that I, I uh, built equity, and I used that and went to the bank and said, hey, we got the, the excavation work done. This is what it would have cost to do it. If I didn't do it myself, um, will they will you use that as my down payment on the project? And they took it. They they did it. So that was how we made our first uh, move to expand. So many lessons for the contractor listening in. 
he basically house hacked or business hacked. What that means is you buy an asset and then you immediately rent out the doors and that covers your mortgage. So then you have your business there for free. Lesson number one. Lesson number two is you saw the cost of, you know, construction to get your uh, yard, your land established. And you were like, man, I'm just going to do this myself. Roll up my sleeves, put some sweat equity, and you saved over $30,000, $35,000 in doing so. And lesson number three, you took the new value of the land, went to the bank, and you, it sounds like you got a loan uh, and got correct. got money to build your dream life. Is that yeah. correct? Yep, that's Guys, exactly right. Three valuable lessons, even though you're a roofer or a plumber or a general contractor, take what you just heard and implement it because that's how I've built my wealth. We're listening to Paul Windemuller, who has over a seven-figure net worth. That's why he's in GoBundance, because you have to have a seven-figure net worth to just to be a part of that group. And him and I are brothers in that same category. And I'm curious about what other types of construction projects you've done and some stories and lessons you could share with us. Yeah, so I was involved in a in a, another farm as a partner, and um, that was a much larger facility, much larger farm than what uh, my home farm is here. And um, within the first six months of uh, being a partner in that, uh, we had, we did an expansion project to double the size. So went from uh, milking 900 cows to 1,800 cows and uh, doubled the barn square footage on the property, built a new feed center, uh, a new manure uh, system, and several other uh, upgrades to the facility and, uh, and within the first six months and worked with, I was the general contractor for that project. Um, and, and I guess going back again, um, I had worked for a uh, company that did a lot of uh, barn, dairy barn design and, and facility work uh, for four years while I was starting my own farm. And through that, I had gotten a lot of connections in the industry and the construction side of the business and um, really formed some good relationships there, had a lot of experience with designing facilities um, in, in the dairy construction realm and uh, utilized those relationships uh, to make this large-scale project happen in a very short amount of time. So. And you, so you basically utilized uh, a skill set that you were on a journey yourself. You utilized relationships. You built out the project as the general contractor, as the cons as a consultant, or a general contractor. As the general contractor for the project, yep. And that was what a few million dollar project. That was uh, roughly four million. So four million on an ag project. What is that like? Ten percent, twelve percent profit rate, or something? Yeah, yeah, that's what a, a normal general contractor for those types of projects would charge. So that's not a bad gig. You learned a skill set for your own passion, and then you went out and helped somebody else, and you made over four hundred grand on that endeavor. Right, right. So that is the, the key. <laughs> the key for that is is for me is just keep learning. Don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to to take a new challenge. As long as you're willing to put the work in to learn, and um, and I, I spent a lot of time just uh, learning from the other best contractors that I knew in the industry, and and getting their feedback and learning what they were doing that worked for them. So that's lesson number one. Give us two more lessons that you learned in that endeavor. I would say the other key is to, is working um, with the subs 
that you're using. Uh, and and we, we had a big team meeting before the project even started where I got all the subs around the table together and said, this is our timeline for the project. This is what we're going to accomplish. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to work together. Everyone look around who's in this room. If you can't work with somebody in this room, we all need to know it right now. And we're going to have to figure out something else to do or somebody else to bring in for that portion of the project. And that really set the tone for the project, I think. And it, it was a, it was, you know, a six month project. It was a long scale project for, uh, for what I was used to anyways. And that, uh, that really, I mean, there was always some tension. Uh, you, I mean, you're always going to have that, right? Hey, this guy's behind and I need him to catch back up so I can do my stuff. Um, but starting out with, with that mindset of we're going to work together. And if you can't, um, that's okay, but you, you need to, you're not going to be a part of this project. And I think that we call that collaborate to dominate. When you work together, you can get more done than when you're like, you white knuckle it and think it's all yours and only you can, you know, lead it. When you work together, you're open and you can get so much more bounties and blessings. So lesson number two, lesson number three, what is it? Oh, um, wise people. You told me about wise people. Yeah. So, um, just utilizing um, people that are in the industry that have the wisdom that have gone before you that have done done what you're working to do and and asking them for ideas um, whether that be hey how do I what would be the best slope for the concrete in this situation and oh yeah don't forget to to run these uh, these empty PVC pipes underground in case you need to run electric under the barns in the future and just little things like that that um, you might not think of on your first project, big project like that, um, that really ended up saving some money in the long term because we did end up running, you know, electric wires where we had put that PVC in the past. And uh, just having foresight um, that I, I gained through those um, those conversations was very valuable. Now, regarding the planning of the schedule, because a lot of contractors listening in, they want to get into big construction, but they don't necessarily know how to do a Gantt chart or a schedule of values. And it sounds like you did that. Can you elaborate on this, the methodology of the Gantt chart or the schedule of values? Uh, share, share with our audience how that worked. Yeah, so I, uh, I did a scope of work for each aspect of the subcontractor uh, that was involved and um, really tried to outline, hey, this is exactly what we expect. This is exactly um, what, this is how we're gonna treat people on the job site. This is how we're going to communicate or asking them, how do you communicate? Do you communicate through text? Do you communicate through email? Do you communicate through only in person? Um, all those type of things um, I, I laid out beforehand and uh, just tried to be as clear and precise as possible. Uh, and there are always things that come up that you didn't see, right? That, uh, that happens. But um, And really laying, being uh, concise about this is... Uh, exactly when you're going to get your draws. This is what I'm going to, I'm going to inspect where you're supposed to be in the project at that point in time. And if it passes my inspection, you'll get that draw. If it doesn't, you need to go back and, and catch back up before you're going to get that draw and just be very clear about when those timings in the project was going to be. Now, with that being said, was this all on a Gantt chart or did you just have it written on a piece of paper? Was it on a idle spreadsheet? Yeah, I wasn't very fancy. It was just on an Excel spreadsheet that I emailed to everybody, and it was a, a shared document that everyone could see. So 
Smart, smart. So I have a uh, mastermind called Federal Construction University where we do government contracts nationwide. And one of the things that I learned from my mentor, he taught me how to manage large projects that take a long time, like this one that you're talking about. And one of the tools or templates that I learned along the way that the government uses is called a Gantt chart. I'm sure you heard about it, where each column is like a week and, mm-hmm. and then each row is like a trade. So like this trade needs to be done by this amount of weeks and some of them are going to overlap, right? Right. Yeah. Multiple trades are working, but you, you list it out in a way to where it's like, they know what they're going to get paid as long as they complete it. And they know their uh, percentage complete methodology or how they're going to get paid. So it's cool right. that you do that outside of the government realm, but you're doing it in the commercial realm. And it's interesting to hear. Now, well, you- the reasoning that I, I did that was because of my former uh, employment um, that I had uh, while I was dairy farming, doing the the, con- um, the construction consulting and that sort of stuff um, for the dairy projects. I had seen a lot of projects that were even bigger than that that had no coordination whatsoever. And, you know, one contractor would just be way, way behind and they didn't really care because, well, you know, nobody told me when I'm going to get my money or they they whined and complained long enough that somebody gave them too much money and they didn't have to come back for a really long time to finish the job and it just would drag things out for so long. And, and even on our project, I probably should have held a little bit more back at the end um, to uh, to stimulate a little quicker finish. The, the last 10%, that's the, that seemed to take the longest. It's funny in, the, in Mexico, there's a culture, uh, there's a saying, I don't know it in Spanish, but it's like, if you pay the band all up front, they're going to play very lousy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay them in draws, right? Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. I'm curious because I live in Costa Rica, very fertile. Uh, and I want to, you know, become self-sufficient. I have over an acre, beautiful, tied to a river, freshwater river that comes down from the mountains nonstop 24-7. And I'm thinking about putting like a solar irrigation drip system in, but then I need to like dig some trenching to plant the seeds. But I have this limiting belief. I mean, I, I'm always going to have to put good soil in. Can you send me some resources on like, I'm going to go, I need to go collect some cow manure somewhere. There's farms nearby. And like, how do I make that cow manure into good soil? Can you send me some resources on that? Yeah, I should be able to find a few for you. Okay. About com- composting. Yep. That's one thing that we're really big on is utilizing uh, the manure as a resource and not as a, as a detriment to the farm, but utilizing it as a resource to, to grow the crops we need to feed the cows. That's awesome. So you actually have the farm and then you use the resources and you grow your own crops. How can you elaborate a little bit how you use the manure resource and like what the process is? Yeah. So for us, um, we just uh, have commercial equipment that comes in and uh, we have a big storage pond that we store the nutrients in. Uh, we call it, we like to call it nutrients instead of manure. Uh, that's what it is. It's, it's holding the nutrients that plants need to grow. So uh, they come in and then they they spread it on the fields um, before we're going to plant the crops uh, and then or while they're growing, depending on what crop it is. And then that's what feeds the the crops that nutrients goes into the soil and uh, hopefully it gets held there and um, then it's available there for the plants to use in an organic. Interesting you say that because for years I tried to figure out how to grow crops 
for years. I literally, every morning I was playing with it and nothing. And then finally I found the pilgrims used to put fish underneath and then put the seed. And I did that. And it, when I lived in Houston, Texas in my garden, literally flourished. I had cucumbers the size of my arms. I had tomatoes bigger than my fist. I had, I mean, things were just like hanging. It was, it was incredible. You got to have good nutrients in your soil. And just like in construction, you got to have the right knowledge, the right insights before you take on a project, correct? Exactly. Yep. And what would you say to somebody who you've made, I mean, you've done really well for yourself. You have a seven figure net worth or, or you, are you a champion or are you in that? I'm not a champion yet. No, <laughs> I'm not a champion. Not quite champion. that far along. I basically, uh, listen audience, if you don't know what that is in GoBundance, champion is somebody who has an eight figure net worth. I hear that once you get to eight figure net worth, meaning you have over $10 million in assets, that's when life just becomes way easier. Uh, I'm not there yet. He's not there yet. But what would you tell a contractor who is like, man, I want more passive income. I want, you know, more freedom. I'm always just chasing the rat race. I don't have any time. I'm always worried about my next job. What would you tell them? What are some personal growth nuggets you could share with them? Yeah, for me, it's just uh, learning from people that have the experience, right? So if you're in GoBundance, you know, if I'm not in the champions division, but I know a lot of them, talk to those guys. How, how did they get there? Um, how did, so look at people that are further along in your journey uh, than you are and, and learn from them how they got to where they did. And uh, just don't be afraid to learn. Um, and then for myself, you know, I didn't come from the dairy industry. That was a niche that I saw that, hey, this, this is something I'm interested in. Not a lot of people want to do it. Uh, so usually there's an opportunity where there's something that not a lot of people want to do uh, or understand. So if you if you take the time to learn and then uh, be willing to to invest um, and yeah, just make make it happen. Man, three powerful nuggets right there. This gentleman became a you know seven figure earner because he learned from others that are wiser and had sp specified knowledge. He he said they have what I want, and he went after that knowledge and got it. Number two is he went into a niche that nobody else, very few other people were going in. Because when you go after a niche that very few people are going in, there's opportunity. Nobody wants to do it. I might as well do it because there, there's profit in it. Those are two valuable lessons right there. Paul, this has been a blast, man. You've delivered the goods. What would you say to our audience who, uh, you know, is trying to figure out a better process and in marketing, like how do your clients find you in consulting? Because you're doing large projects. Uh, share share how somebody can reach out to you. Yeah, so my for myself, um, just really word of mouth is is probably the best. I mean, let your actions speak for themselves, and uh, eventually, that that gets around. Especially, like I said, when you're in a small industry, uh, if you're good, people people know who you are. If you're bad, people know who you are, and they're going to stay away from you. So. That's a, a big one for me. But um, if, if anyone's interested in learning more about what I do uh, or learning about farming in general, I, I love talking about it. It's my passion. So they can email me at paul, uh, paul at .com, um or find me on, on Facebook. Um, I'm on there as well and, and shoot me an instant message. Love this. Paul Windemuller, a general contractor who's done large projects. He also owns Open Sky Agribusiness, where he's a consultant to help uh, farming construction projects. 
and he's also a successful farmer herself. Today, this has been a blast. Thank you for being on the Real Construction Owners Podcast, Paul. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. Thank you for watching. If you like this video, please subscribe for more and drop me a comment below. Just so you know, I have six free classes for you teaching you how to win highly profitable government contracts. Just go to federalconstructionuniversity.com or click in the link in the descriptions below. And also see in the comments below where you'll see my new book, Federal Construction Contract Simplified. The link will be below. It's going to give you peace of mind, teaching you a blueprint, how you can become an eight-figure contractor and have all the things you need to know from finding the deals, bidding them, what to say to subcontractors and suppliers, how to get paid by the government. It'll give you the peace of mind. It's an amazing tool if you want to learn how to win government contracts. So if that interests you, click in the link in the description below or go to Federal Construction Contracts Simplified. Until next time, I'll see you on our next video.